Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. And I want you to turn to, to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Let me say this as you're turning. Wasn't the Lord good to us last Sunday? How he ministered to us and, and blessed our hearts. And we're just, looking, we're just looking for God just to do more and more. Nehemiah chapter 2. Look at verse number 17. Verse number 17. Many of you know this story already. Then I said to them, you are, the, you, are, you are the distressed that we are in. Or you see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. And so they said, let us rise up and build. And then they set their hands to this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official, Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And I answered and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us, therefore. We his servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Rise, renew, involve, serve, and equip. Really, last Sunday started our new church year, but we sort of waited. We had some things that went on with Labor Day and everything last Sunday, so today we sort of kicked this off this year as our beginning of our church year, 2017-2018. And we want to begin this process, and we want to use this thought, so to speak, of RISE and throughout this year. And we want to use this church year of renewing. We want to, as a church, as an, individual, as an individual, we want to renew not only our church, we want to renew our strength within inside of us either, our mindset. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Everybody say renew. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Not only do we want to renew, we want to involve ourselves in ministry. Everybody say involve. Involve ourselves. And so God has involved himself, when you look at it, in every area of our lives from birth to where we are today. As a matter of fact, I, I will just step out on, on faith and say this. If God has not involved himself in who we are, we wouldn't be here today. Aren't you thankful that God is a part of your life? Are you thankful that God involves himself in your life today? Because if God didn't involve himself, some of us wouldn't be here. So it's our time to renew. It's our time to be involved. Not only that, but I believe that it's also our time to serve the Lord more than we ever have in the past. Serve the Lord this year. Serve one another. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us to choose you this day whom you will serve. And so in order for us to do this, in order, that, that, that in order for us to do this, we've got to equip ourselves as well. Whom God calls, I believe that he will equip as well. These three young men that stood up here this morning, God has called them. Now they're going to get the training, the necessary training uh, to do what God has called them to do. And only with prayer and with study and all of these things, they'll be able to accomplish what God is wanting them to accomplish. They're equipping themselves, so to speak. And so we want to give you some things 
throughout this year that, that'll help us get involved, whether it's through lessons or sermons or small group uh, uh, like we're going to be starting tonight and, and maybe some practical things and to go out and do ministry. How many would agree with me that it's wonderful that we can come into a, a place like this and we can be together and we can fellowship with one another, but this is not our mission field. This is our filling station. Out there is the mission field. Out there, God wants us to use what we get in here to tell somebody else about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know you already know this, but I believe with all of my heart the Lord is coming soon. I believe with all of my heart his return is very imminent. His return is near, so I've got to do everything in my power today to accomplish what he wants me to accomplish, and you have to do the same thing. And so we have to serve. We have to be involved. We have to equip ourselves. And so you look here because we understand that we are the church. I know we've got a building here, and I know there's a sign out on the front, uh, the, the front street out here, but that's not the church. I know we call this building the church, but that's still not the church. You and I is sitting in here today. We are the church. You carry the church everywhere that you go, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're at Burger King, whether you're walking down Main Street, whatever the case may be, you are the church. And so if I understand that, Sister Ned, it sort of helps me a little bit. I've got to act the way I need to act. I've got to talk the way I need to talk. I've got to love the way I need to love. I need to show compassion the way God expects me to show compassion. I can't let that old sinful nature creep up from time to time and get in the way of me doing a service for Almighty God. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching good right now. I've got to understand that my God's way is the only way. I've got to understand that this book is the only book I need to look at in order to get me from point A to point B and that point B meaning heaven, a place where Jesus Christ has already went and prepared for you and I today. Do you understand that right now today, I just believe that he's putting on Sister Mavis the finishing touches of heaven so you and I could be a part of the family of Almighty God, streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper. You you say, Pastor, do you really believe that? Oh yeah, I really believe that or I wouldn't be here today. My Bible tells there's coming a day where the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back after his church. My Bible says that there's coming a day in the twinkling of an eye that we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye in a moment. We'll be caught up with him that's already been caught up from the grave that's died in their faith and we will be with the Lord in the air. Amen. I believe that. How about you? But in order to get there, we've got, some, we've got to do some things. Nehemiah here in this, in this book here was, was motivated in this chapter. He was inspired, so to speak. When he saw the ruins of Jerusalem, urgency came upon him and he, he got to thinking about the survivors who were left in captivity there. They were in great distress. They were in great reproach. The wall of Jerusalem had broken down and, and gates are burned with fire. Now, now I'm going to be talking about that, but I want, I want your mind to move a little further than, than just the walls here. And you'll understand what I'm talking about in just a second. Because we live in a day and time as well where our spiritual walls are broken down. We live in a day and time where families are broken down. We live in our culture today where, where this Christianity as we knew it growing up in America, this Christian nation is no longer a Christian nation. Hello, somebody. And we've got to do something. There's some things that we've got to do. And Nehemiah here, he saw all these things that was taking place. And when he got that news, it sort of knocked him down. It, it caused weakness in his knees and, and weeping in his eyes. And he began to mourn, but he went to God. 
And Nehemiah sought the source of all of his blessing that come from God. And in his distress and in his anguish, he, he turned to the Lord Jesus. He turned to God. He looked to the Lord who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love and obey him. And Nehemiah turns to the omnipotent one. He turns to the only one that could do anything about what was going on. And he began to pray, Brother Roger, and began to fast. Now, now, don't make the mistake that Nehemiah was just, was just primarily interested in building back the walls. He was going to do that. But more importantly, he looked upon the survivors that was in great distress and reproach. You see, I've come to tell you this morning, you and I, we may look good on the outside, but some of us may be in great distress this morning. Some of us may be in despair this morning. Some of us may be dealing with some things this morning that nobody else knows about. You may look the part and you may have the face on and and you may have the clothes on and you may have the facade, but the Lord Jesus Christ knows exactly where you are today. He knows exactly what you're going through today. He understands the anguish that you're involved in today. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah looked upon this building. But he's not necessarily look upon building a structure back, even though he will. But he's looking upon building people back. He's looking upon rebuilding survivors Somehow, through all of this distress, some of these people made it through. Somehow, they made it by the grace of God to survive. You know what a survivor is, don't you? Just somebody who beats the odds. I hope and pray there's a lot of survivors that's going on today in in Florida with that hurricane coming through. But this project that Nehemiah is about to get involved with is, is fortifying or rebuilding the fallen. It's about reconstructing those that are crushed. It's about removing a reproach. It's about defeating distress that that has crept up in people's lives. Rebuilding the walls and repairing the gates were aimed at renewing and restoring Israel's relationship with God. In other words, it was causing them to rise above the ruins into something that God is desiring them to be. And I've come to tell somebody this morning, you may be here in great distress and you may be here in great uh, persecution today, but I believe with all of my heart that God has called you and I to rise above that distress today, to rise above the anguish that we may be in today, to rise above the things that we're going through today to, to bigger heights and better situations that God has got us involved in. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're not building a monument today. A monument is something to remind us of the past. But church monuments sometimes often become museums to be maintained rather than tools to be used. We get that way sometimes. What are you talking about, Pastor? Some of you are really concerned with colors of carpet. Some of you are really concerned whether we have pews or chairs. Some of y'all are really concerned whether we sing out of the hymn book or sing off the wall. Some of us, we're really concerned about some of these things. We're, we're concerned about, about color, but can I tell you, all of these things around here are just tools. Amen. They're just tools, whether they're lights, whether, they're, whether it's a gym, whether it's a kitchen, whether it's a chandelier, whether it's a, pr- a projector, whether it's the blue carpet or, or maroon carpet or whatever the case may be, all of these things are just tools that the Lord wants us to use, somebody say use, in order to witness to somebody. Nehemiah 2.17 says this, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates and burned with fire. When you look at this story, 
Jerusalem is both literal and symbolic. Jerusalem is the place of God's habitation. As you already know, it's a place where he lives. The Lord dwells in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called the holy city. It's called the city of God. The Lord placed his name upon Jerusalem. His name and dwelling is not in Babylon. His name and dwelling is not in Assyria or Damascus or Egypt or Persia. But his name and his dwelling was in Jerusalem. And when you look back at the history of this, during the Babylonian captivity, Jerusalem had been destroyed. People of God were taken in exile and they were moved from their homeland. How would you like it today if somebody come in and snatched you out of your house and took you to a foreign land today? Just think how you would feel. But that's exactly what happened. They were removed from their homeland. The Babylonians came and carried both the treasures of God's house away and the king's house away. And the Babylonians carried all the captains. The Bible said they carried all the mighty men of valor. They carried all the craftsmen. They carried all the, 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 those that worked with wood and, and iron and all of these things. And they left nothing, the Bible says, except for the poor and the weak. This affection, this intense affection of Jerusalem, you see in the heart of the people in Psalms 137. Listen to what it says. They said here by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept when we remembered Zion. In other words, where we remembered our homeland, where we remembered where we come from where we remembered what we were used to. We sat down and we wept. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested myrrh, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem, Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it, which simply means to, to make bare or to tear down to its very foundation. Verse 8 says, O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as you have served us. Happy the ones who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. But now we come upon a place where these people, by now, but, but now these people that I've been talking about. They are not only in captivity anymore, but now they've been released from Babylonian captivity. They are finally liberated. They are finally free. They can return to Jerusalem. And many returned to Jerusalem with Ezra to rebuild the temple, but restoration was not complete at this point. The survivors, the Bible says, were still in great distress. Jerusalem is literal, but it's also symbolic, as we've said, because it was a dwelling place of almighty God but how many of you know this morning that God told us in his word that God is no longer a God that dwells in a temple that's made with hands because God almighty simply dwells in my heart and your heart today when I come before the Lord and I ask his blessing and I ask his presence and I ask his salvation to come into my heart he graciously saved me from my sin he delivered me he picked the load up he took everything off of me and he replaced all of 
before that sister Deborah with his love and his mercy and his compassion. My God is no longer just dwelling in a house made with hands, but my God today is dwelling in my heart and he walks with me and he talks with me along life's merry way. He gives me strength each and every day. He takes me where I need to go. He tells me what I need to do. He whispers those sweet things in my ear. How about you? Hallelujah. Paul says, do you not know that you're the temple of God? That the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Lord dwells in man. Thank God for that. Every person we encounter, listen to me, church. We're talking about rising here. We're talking about beginning uh, our church here with doing some different things. I'm not talking about just doing some tangible. I'm talking about some things in our mind as well. Changing our thought process. But every person we encounter is a place that God desires to dwell. But how can God dwell there if you don't tell them? How can God dwell there if you don't cause them to rise above where they are, out of the ashes where they are? You've got to to see the distress upon their heart. You've got to understand the anguish that they may be going through. Your friends, your loved ones, your peers that you're working with, your co-workers. You understand because they've talked to you. They've shared some things with you. But yet for some reason we may have held back a little. Listen to me. You've got the best news in the world to give them. Share and give them the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Every person that we encounter is a place where God desires to dwell. But people today are in great distress. Walls are broken down and gates are burned with fire. Marriages are broken down. Homes are burned with fiery words. Families are fractured today. Relationships are ruined today. Bodies are unhealthy and minds are confused. Emotions are unstable today. Lives are unmanageable. Finances are in flames. And Nehemiah comes along. Chapter 2, verse 17, and he says this. He says, come, let us build the wall back. Let us build the wall. Let us build the wall. And he says this, that we no longer may be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, Nehemiah said, it's been good upon me. And he said, I also told them of the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And Nehemiah is just broken by the facts here. He's faithful. He's wise enough to seek his God. He's courageous enough to act. You know the story already. Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. And he holds this, this prestigious position very high up there. But his purpose is not found in his position. I pray some of y'all are getting this today. Your purpose is not based on where you work today. Your purpose is not based on what kind of money you got in your bank account today. Your purpose is not based upon who you're related to today. Amen. Your purpose is higher than that. His purpose develops from his spiritual place that he's at, his spiritual paradigm of where he's at today. And Nehemiah, you go to Acts of Scripture, you'll find that he spends three days in Jerusalem. He's looking everything over. And he goes out at night and he inspects the situation and he keeps his plan under, under wraps because he knows there's a problem. He knows there's a purpose. He knows there's a plan. But before he talks to anybody about it, before he talks to the officials and the Jews and all of these things, Nehemiah's purpose is that we may no longer be a reproach. We've got to get to the God. We've got to pray to God. We've got to seek His guidance and and him allowing us to move forward. Nehemiah, in other words, was not only attempting to raise a wall, he was attempting to raise the elevation of the lower thought process of people because the people that was left feel like I'm nothing anymore. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. 
this may be a good day to talk about this because it's so relevant. Of, of I don't know about you, but I've been watching the news about the hurricanes coming through. and They talk about on the east side there of Florida where you have anywhere from 8 to 15 feet of water surge coming through. People that decided to stay, I'm wondering what are they going to do? You know, you've had those same thoughts. They don't understand the devastation maybe that's, that's fixing to take place, but, but a lot of places, you saw some of the pictures just like I have, they, there's nothing left to some of these islands that, that that hurricane has come through. Maybe islands that, and places that you have visited before, went on vacation before, there's nothing left of some of these things. And Nehemiah here is, 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 is trying to attempt to raise the elevation of people that, that has nothing. Have you ever thought about that? How difficult would that be Sister Parker, of trying to raise the elevation in the mind of people to think they have something when they don't have nothing. When they ain't got nothing. Everything is gone. My home is gone. My workplace is gone. My income is gone. Everything is gone. How do you raise that elevation? But that's exactly what Jesus did in his ministry leadership. He talked about removing people from their disgrace he talked about removing people from their dishonor to a place of honor. And Nehemiah gives no statistics here. He, he quotes nobody that, that is an expert in these things. He, he's not asked to, to prove his credentials. He just simply says, we've got to face the facts today. Jerusalem is lying in waste. Its gates are burned with fire. And we've got to face facts to do. At the same time, there are some of us that are lying in disaster today. I'm not necessarily talking about you that's sitting here today. But in the church world today, I'm telling you, there are people today that don't know if they're going to make it tomorrow. There are people that's sitting in churches today that's contemplating suicide today. There's people today that's lying in waste and lying in disaster today. And we've got to be renewed, amen. We need to be revived. Some of us are living in sin and we've justified those things. Some have left their first love and loving on other things. But can I tell you, church, it's time for an update spiritually today. It's time that we rise from where we are. It's time that we get out of the situation that we're in. It's time that we get out and rise above where the enemy wants to keep us today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got to have God's people to do right, act right. We've got to have spiritual resources. We need spiritual servants to work on their portion of the wall. Amen. Nehemiah didn't worry about money because he said, I told him of the hand of the God that has been upon me. Also the king's words and that he has spoken to me. And Nehemiah was, according to the scripture, was ordained by God and ordained by the king. Listen to me, church. God placed Nehemiah in that position because there was a purpose to fulfill that position. What is God laying upon your heart today? What is God saying to you today? What is God saying to you about your relationship with Him and what He wants you to do as well? What is He saying? There's a purpose there. God moved the king to grant Nehemiah the time that he needed. God moved the king to give Nehemiah the legal right to do the work. The Lord moved the king to give Nehemiah the material resources, the money that he needed to accomplish the work. Some of us didn't realize it yet, but God's hand's with us. Amen. Some of us don't get it yet, but God's hand is with us. God's, God's blessing this ministry. God is blessing this church. God is giving us increase. God is giving us favor. 
And I've talked about this a little bit off and on throughout the messages and everything, but, but we've been in this building since, I believe, 1997, 1998, I believe. We've been on this property since 1993 when we moved over here on this property, and we have saw many, many wonderful things that God has blessed you and I with today. Amen. We can recall service after service where God has showed up. We've changed some things in this building, whether it's been pain or, or changing the stage a little bit or changing the lighting and all of these things as we go along. But how many knows that we can't stop here? I said, how many knows we can't stop here? We've got to continue to move forward. We've got to continue to do what God is calling us to do. And we've talked about remodeling. We've talked about changing the things up, and we're looking into the, a lot of those things right now. But as I was just reading here, that God placed Nehemiah in a position where there was purpose to fulfill. You and I, we're in a position today to fulfill what God is, is, is where God wants to take us in this community today. Amen. And I believe with all of my heart, we got a lot of negative talk in this community. But can I tell you something? This is our home. Amen. This is our home. We don't need to speak negative things concerning our home. We need to speak positive things. There may be some things lying in waste, but how many knows there's a purpose in my heart and your heart to rise back up out of that thing and rebuild what God needs to give us today? Amen. I can only do so much and you can only do so much. God moved the king to grant Nehemiah the time that he needed. We've got the time. The time is now. God moved the king to the legal right to do the work. I just received a letter. I ain't told nobody this. I just received a letter from our overseer because I just, I just took care of it up front, talking about remodeling and redoing some things in our church. And I just received a letter, this, this matter of fact, yesterday. Yesterday. He says, hey, pastor, just want to let you know, I got your information, I got your request concerning changing some things around or remodeling some things that you may not even talk to your church about. It. I said, well, really hadn't yet. Just a little bit here and there. But he said, I want to tell you, I'd give you the right to go ahead and proceed. Well, to me, that's like a legal right to go ahead and do the work. Now, you may not know nothing about our, the way our church is set up, but I had to go through the overseer in order to do some of these things. So he's given us a legal right. And I believe with all of my heart that God is going to take care of the resources, amen, to do what we need to do. God is blessing. God is blessing this church. He's giving us favor. He's giving us opportunity. He's healing the hurting. He's cleansing us. He's causing you and I to be fruitful and multiply. He's directing our steps. He's feeding our souls. He's leading our spirits. He's calling us to do something special with our men and with our women and our youth. He's covering our youth. The hand of God is upon us. Can I tell you, as Pathway Church of God, you and I, we need to get it fixed in our mind. We will not be average. We're not going to be status quo. We're not going to be mediocre. We're not going to be in decline. We're not going to give up. We're not going to be defeated. We're not going to be denied because God's hand is upon you and I today. God is going to help us to reach out to the lost. He's going to help us to encourage our youth and minister to our families and praise our God and feed the hungry and serve one another and love one another and grow and grow and grow in mighty ways. Amen. Well, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. I'm asking you like Nehemiah told his people in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 18. And they said, let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. So can I tell you, and I don't want nobody getting mad at me right here. Everybody say, okay, Pastor. I was waiting for y'all to say that, but I had to help you. I 
I love my church. Brother Michael, I've literally spent, I've literally given blood, sweat, and tears to this church. I've hurt myself in ways where I bled and had to get stitches. Several of you have. So literally blood, sweat, and tears and building and doing things. But I understand that I can't stay where we are right here in order to accomplish what God is wanting to accomplish. I'm not saying we got to move. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some changes, some things. And, but I don't want you to get so... Help me, Lord, here, right here. <laughs> so comfortable in our tools that we use every day that you can't do without it. Does that make sense? We have to get rid of something, then let's get rid of it and move on. We don't want to fuss about it. We don't want to argue about it. Now, you can talk to me about it, but you got to be nice. <laughs> Amen. Because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, I've saw this happen so many, so many times where churches split over the color of seats. I'm just being honest with you. And I, I'm not, we're not going to do that. God's not called us to that. We're just not going to do it. But we're going to do what God is wanting us to do, to reach this community for Christ. I can already tell you, when Brother Sargent was here the other day, he made a statement about a shift taking place. Y'all remember that? From that day, Brother Larry, I get calls every day since that day of, of Help me, Lord, here, because I know somebody, people's listening online, and you may be visiting here today, but some of it is strange stuff. This weird stuff. And I'm not even going to share with you about it. And I'm sitting at my desk many times, and I'm thinking, Lord, this, surely this is not the shift you're talking about. Surely this is, not, this is not it. Surely, God, this is not it. But in the midst of all of that, Having people to come and call. Say, Pastor, I just need to come and talk to you. Tell you something about the Lord had told me and shared with me. I'm having people to come that's sincere about wanting their life changed and wanting their life fixed. They don't look like me and they don't sound like me and they don't have the same attitude personally that I have or, or the same makeup, I should say, that I have with Brother David. They're coming because God is sending people. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is going to do something for us. They said, let us rise up and build. The Bible says they set their hands to a good work. They didn't need coercion. They didn't need pressure. They set their hands to a good work. They saw the problem. They understood the purpose. They accepted the plan. I want you to notice something. As, the, as Sister Michelle comes, just, just, just Michelle, if you don't mind, play softly. Renew, involve, serve, equip. I want you to notice something with me. They saw this problem, they understood the purpose, they accepted the plan, they formed a partnership, they formed a team, they renewed a fellowship, and they were in it together. But they just didn't say it. They showed it. <laughs> Let me get on one of my pet peeves here, if that's okay with you today. Sometimes, as you already know, I've, I've already made this statement before, we put stuff from the church here on, on Facebook so that people will know if those of you that has a Facebook account and maybe things that we're going to do or be involved in. What tickles me sometimes is that how many people go and see that and when we ask for help in some areas, I, I get tickled sometimes when, when people go there and, and they like what I said. Now, my first thought is this. I'm just being totally honest with you. My first thought is this. I don't need you just to like it. I need you to help. <laughs> I need you to say, hey, pastor, I like it, but I'm going to be there. That kind of thing. 
Now, I'm not getting on to anybody. It's, that's just how we are because a lot of us, we have that habit of liking, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I, I get it. But they just didn't say it. They showed it. They set their hands to a good work. They put their backs and shoulders into it. They believed that it was a good work. Notice something here with me in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19. The despisers of the day, those that was the negative folk of the day. Verse 19 says, Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, and, and the Geshem, the Arab, heard of it. They laughed at us. They despised us and said, what is this thing you're talking about? Will you rebel against the king? And Nehemiah said, I answered him. And I said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and will build. But you have no heritage, you have no right, and you have no memorial here in Jerusalem. I thought that was a pretty good statement, a pretty good comeback to them. Can I tell you this as we get ready to close this morning? That you and I, at this church, we will not, and I don't want us to, we will not allow the sand ballots and the Tobias and the Gishams to discourage or, dis, or, or, or dissuade where, where God is wanting to take us. We're not going to allow it. We're going to allow God to do what God wants to do. They're not going to come against the determination of God's people. Amen. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. If God did it back in Nehemiah's day, Brother Adam, I believe God could do it with us. I do. I believe he can do it with us. He'll prosper our families. He'll prosper our finances. He'll prosper our lives. And when the Lord prospers us, no one will be able to stop us. Amen. When heaven sanctions us, then heaven will supply us. Hallelujah. When heaven approves us, heaven will assure us. Hallelujah. When heaven loves us, heaven will come in and lift us up. Amen. The Lord will prosper our attendance, our cup will run over. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe with all of my heart the Lord will prosper our ministries. The Lord will prosper our leadership. The Lord will cause our souls to prosper. The Lord will cause our church to prosper even in the midst of a decline that we have sometimes. The Lord will cause us to rise. He'll cause us to rise. But here's, here's, here's the key. Here's the thing. In order for us to do what God has called us to do, then you've got to do what God has called you to do. You have to. Because we are the church. I'm not the church. You by yourself is not the church. Sister Michelle's playing keyboard. She's not the church. Dad that pastored here for 28 years, he's not the church. We are the church. We are the church. And if our church is ever going to accomplish what God has wanted us to accomplish, then we have all have to rise. Everybody say rise. We have to rise to where God is calling us where God is leading us in these last days. I want you to stand up with me real quick. I want to go before the Lord in prayer with us. My prayer, I pray with all of my heart that you received what I gave you today. I pray with all of my heart that in the next coming days that God will begin to lay some things on you, some heavy stuff, some deep things. God will begin to show you things. God will begin to talk to you. This is the area that I want you to work. This is the area that I want you to go. This is the area that I want you to, to, to be involved, to serve. This is the area that I want you to, I want, to, I want you to, to help equip others that may not have what you have. Let me just use something very generic. You know, I told you earlier that Brother Earl is going to 
lead a class this afternoon on raising chickens. Now, I was brought up a little bit in the country, but I don't know that I could raise a chicken. I could put him out there in the yard. I could give him a little food every now and then, a little water, but I don't know if, are, if, if that's all there is to it. But according to Brother Earl, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of things that you need to learn about raising chickens. So he's got knowledge that if, I wanna, if I'm interested in that, I want to I receive that, right? If, so if I, if, if, I, if I need help in those areas, then find those people. Or if I have that expertise, then give that information to others. As we connect in our connect groups, listen to me. I believe with all of my heart that you have information that others need to hear. Well, Brother Danny, none of that stuff interests me. Why don't you just go and see if it'll interest you? I challenge you just to go and become a part of a group. Just become a part of a group. You'll never know the conversation that comes up that you may be able to share with what's going on in your life. And here's another thing. We're going to get ready to just miss a little bit. And you're going to go back in the gym. But here's another thing. I've been talking about it. I want so much for our church. As we look across this congregation, we have all ages in this congregation. We have some young, some middle-aged, some old, however you determine old. But we have all, all kinds. But what I would like to see is for us to come together. We need some older folk to join up with some younger folk. I'm telling you right now, and I'm giving you permission. If you don't want to raise chickens, if you ain't got no, uh, if you don't want to be a part of the marriage thing, or you're already happy and you don't need to know what about happiness and all that kind of stuff, and you say, I want to go hang out with some young folk, then go hang out with them. I, I challenge you. Go hang out with the college folk. And if they're not going to turn you down and start sharing some of your wisdom. Because some of these young people, they need to hear where you come from. They need to know a little bit about you. But now listen to me, older folk. You need to listen to some of these young folk as well. I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart these last day, I told you Wednesday night that I believe there's going to be a, a, a more intimate relationship when it comes to our relationship with God. But God is going to be is moving with our young people today. They may not worship God like you. So what? You, you don't hold the, the whatever on worship. You don't hold the paperwork or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But go talk to them. Talk to them. Because we need to learn from them as well. So I'm asking and I'm hoping and believing that all of us can just sort of mix a little bit this, this next five weeks in our, uh, in our connect groups. Be a part. I challenge you to be a part of it. Be a part of it. When you go in the back, there's going to be seven tables set up. Take a little time. I'm two minutes over. I know. But, but uh, go in the back. Take a little time. There's some giveaways back there as well. Sister Carl's back there. going to give you some stuff just as an incentive for you to go back there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just being honest with you. We want you to go back there. Get involved in some, in some groups. They'll have, you'll, have, you'll get a card that has the group uh, captain, the leadership, There'll be the time and the place and all of that on the card. If you want to ask that leader something, feel free to ask them. All right? Get them to tell you. And, uh, and we'll share with you back there. All right? Is that okay? It's time for us to rise. Let's bow our heads. Father, I'm so grateful today for your many blessings. I'm so grateful. So grateful. I pray your anointing upon this church as never before. Lord, this year, this year, God, I pray that you take us to new heights. I pray that you'd help us to rise above where we are today. Father, I ask for unity in this house as never before. I ask for your love and your touch upon, upon this people as never before. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.